Uh, it's great to be sharing with you this morning as we continue our theme looking at David uh, and his life. It has some great uh, messages leading up to this. So we had John Andrews a couple weeks ago and then Cookie last week. If you missed either of those uh, messages, you can go and catch up with them on YouTube or Spotify as well. Uh, we now have the audio of the messages on Spotify. So if you're going for a run or a drive or anything, you can even catch up with the messages that way as well. So if you missed them, please do encourage you. Uh, it's always good when we've got a theme that you don't miss, miss bits out, but you get the, the whole picture as well. Uh, but this morning, continue looking at the life of David uh, and looking at uh, some of the harder times uh, of his life and how he uh, navigated his way through them. Now for me, I'm a Manchester United fan, so I can really speak from experience on this topic at the moment. Uh, going through some hard times at the moment. Uh, and I, before lockdown, I got one of my children. Uh, I said, you can go to your first Manchester United game. I said, we'll get tickets. We'll go to uh, a game as their birthday present. And then COVID happened and fans weren't allowed in stadiums. So it happened last year. We finally got to go. You're hoping this is going to be a good game. There's going to be lots of goals. Plenty to cheer, plenty to celebrate. Um, so we went to, to watch this football match. Uh, it was Manchester United versus Aston Villa. There was about 80 minutes of pretty dire football, to be honest. Not a lot going on. Um, so if it wasn't for the person next to us, we were sat next to a guy uh, who doesn't just join in with a chance, but he was a proper chant starter. So every five minutes, he'd be on his feet, clapping his hands, starting the next chant. Uh, and my son was quite entertained by him for that first 80 minutes of the game. So it was, it was a good job we were sat next to him. Uh, but then Aston Villa scored uh, with a few minutes to go. And I thought, this is going to be... It's not good. This is not going to be a good game, a good first experience for him to come and watch. Um, and then right at the end, in the last minute, Manchester United got a penalty. So there's, I thought, yes, we're going to have a goal to cheer. We'll have something to celebrate. We'll leave the stadium on a high, having come from a losing position to a draw. Um, but if you, I don't know if anyone remembers that game, but Bruno Fernandes stepped up and sent the ball flying over the crossbar, higher than you've ever seen a football go before. So we lost 1-0. Uh, it wasn't a good game. He enjoyed it, though. He loved the experience. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't very uh, impressed. Uh, so, yeah, going through a pretty hard time as a Man United fan at the moment. I'm sure there's maybe some Bolton fans that have been through similar times uh, in the past few years. Um, but, yeah, when, we, uh, when we're in these situations that... Uh, we maybe saw it quite um, clearly with the, the Euro final. I don't know if you remember the, the Euro Championships final last year when England got to the final and lost on penalties. And in that moment of pain for people, that people that were at the stage and people that were around in London, this incredible moment of pain, they responded in a ridiculous way, some of them. That there was riots, there was people fighting, there was all these things going on because they had just been hurt because their team, their country had lost a football match, that the, then the choices they made out of that hurt, out of that pain, they went and did some ridiculous things. Thinking about us in our lives, maybe not the football team we support and the football matches we watch, but we can go through times and seasons in our life where we're experiencing great pain. It might be with our health, it might be with our family, in our work, in our relationships. Uh, and we go through these times and often it can be easy not to make the right choices. It can be easy to put ourselves in places where we get filled with anger, where we get filled with jealousy. We get filled with these different emotions that cause us not to live in the right way. We can even turn our back on God. We can, we can blame God for the things that we're going through for the time that we're in. We can become so selfish and self-centered, just looking at our own situation, not looking at the people around us. 
I could become jealous looking at others and think, why is everything okay for them? Why am I in this situation? And looking at David and the story of David uh, and through his life, uh, he had a pretty hard time in some different circumstances that we're going to look at this morning. Now, the, the story that kind of comes to this point, uh, he's being appointed to be the next king. As we heard, John Andrews, a few weeks ago, uh, God told Samuel to go and anoint the, the next king. Uh, and, and Samuel was told to go to the house of Jesse, and it was going to be one of his sons to anoint as the next king. So he, he chose David, showing that David was a man after God's own heart, not the obvious choice. Uh, and then David goes on this incredible journey from then uh, of growing uh, in different arenas of his life. He, he was out in the fields um, looking after the sheep, but he, he killed lions and bears. First of all, God helped him with protecting his sheep. Uh, it then comes to the point where he, he fights Goliath and he, he kills Goliath. In God's strength, he's able to do that. Uh, and as John mentioned that week, that all this time he began to grow in his skills. He grew in who he was. He grew in his character all throughout these different seasons of his life. And it comes to this point where he, he ends up working for the king. He, he plays for the king in his palace. Uh, and he's become this mighty warrior. At 1 Samuel chapter 18, verses 6 to 9, says, When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs, and tim- with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They've credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. In that sentence there is, to put it very lightly, Saul kept a close eye on David. He literally tried to kill him time and time again. But these, these feelings that Saul has in this time, they grow and grow and grow out of jealousy, out of comparison, out of his insecurity as king, uh, that leads him to try and kill David numerous times. So David flees from the palace uh, with his men. He flees and goes out into the wilderness. And it leads us to this, this part of the story that I'm going to focus on this morning. So this is 1 Samuel uh, chapter 24. I'm going to read the first part and, and the end part. Uh, it says, after Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, David is in the desert of Engedi. So Saul took 3,000 able young men from all Israel and set out to look for David and his men near the crags of the wild goats. He came to the sheep pens along the way. A cave was there and Saul went in to relieve himself. And you got to go, you got to go. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, this is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscience stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed. or lay my hand on him for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David sharply rebuked his men and did not allow them to attack Saul. Saul left the cave and went on his way. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, My lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. Then slightly further on, verse 16, it says, Saul asked, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well, but I have treated you badly. You have just now told me about the good you did to me. The Lord delivered me into your hands, but you did not kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him get away unharmed? 
May the Lord reward you well for the way you treated me today. I know that you will surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hands. Now swear to me by the Lord that you will not kill any of my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David gave his oath to Saul, then Saul returned home. David and his men went, on, went up to the stronghold. And this story here, uh, David's out looking for Saul to try and kill him. And he literally goes into this cave to go to the toilet that David is hiding in. Clearly, this moment is, is orchestrated by God. Of all the caves he could have gone into, he chooses the one that David is hiding in. I was thinking, why has God orchestrated this moment? Why has God brought this moment to happen? Is he testing David to see what his response is going to be? Is he trying to teach Saul something? That Saul's trying to kill him, trying to teach Saul that actually you shouldn't be killing David? Is it to grow David? Is it to give David an opportunity to grow in this situation? David's men think it's an opportunity for him to go and kill Saul. So they're telling him, saying, God, this is your chance, go and kill him. I'm thinking about those, those men that are with him that are hiding out in the wilderness, that are kind of living off what they can find in the land and, uh, and how they must feel at that time, thinking this is the end, this is it. It's all going to be over now. David, just go and kill Saul. But what must be going through David's head at this time? That what if, what if he, 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 he lets Saul live? He doesn't kill him now and then Saul's going to kill him tomorrow. What if this is his only opportunity to be king, that this is the way that God had planned it, that he should kill Saul and then he will be the next king? All of David's future is riding on this choice and how he's going to respond, what decision he's going to make. I think that the gravity of this choice at this moment is incredible to see the actual the choice that David makes in this situation. That in the, all the pressures of, it, of his men wanting to go and kill him, the pressures of him, him knowing he's anointed to be the next king, that this man is trying to kill him and has tried time and time again. All the pressures of that and he makes this incredible choice in the hardest of times. And I've got three, three questions I want to ask us this morning from this story that are hopefully going to challenge us and make us think about where we find ourselves today. I know we maybe can't fully relate to a story about um, someone that has been anointed to be the next king. I'm not sure anyone in here uh, has that anointing on their life um, or that the current king is trying, coming after to kill us. Um, maybe we've been in some caves and hiding in some caves. Um, but uh, I really feel that this story, that there's some things, some great questions we can ask about the season David found himself in and where some of us might be this morning. The first question is this, in times of pain, where do you get your truth from? In times of pain, where do you get your truth from? As a child, as a baby growing up, uh, we can see as they, they start to play with toys and things like that, they very quickly learn about the world around them, don't they? Whether that's like a musical instruments or things that make noise, they very quickly see that if I decide to hit it, it's going to make a noise. If they like it, they'll do it again and again and again. And these things can come quite annoying as a parent, but you know as, as children, they just want to play and they want to learn. They want to kind of feel the things around them. They're experiencing all the time and they're learning in that they're learning all the time. So as they make a choice to do something, they experience what happens when they do that. It might be they do something wrong and they get told off, and very quickly they can learn not to do that. But they're learning all the time. They make a choice, they experience the outcome, and then they decide whether they're going to do that again or not, don't they? 
some of us, it takes a little longer than others to, to realize these things. Uh, I had a friend at school uh, when we were in our cooking class. I think it's called food technology when I was at school. I know it's probably changed over, over the years, but we were, we were cooking uh, at school. I think we were making some kind of pasta or something like that. My friend had turned the hob on on top of the cooker to put a, to put a pan on it uh, and he'd, he left it on for, for a while and he was just uh, wondering whether it was hot, not hot enough to, to put the pan on. I don't know why I was waiting for it to be hot to put the pan on but he was kind of just checking to see uh, if he turned it on and if it was, if it was up to temperature or not. And in his great wisdom he decided, how, how, how should I check if it's hot or not? He decided to just put his hand on it just to see how hot it was. Very quickly, there was a quick scream, and he lifted his hand off the hob. He had three nice rings uh, burnt onto his hand uh, from touching it. Uh, this person is now a professional chef in London uh, that uh, does like really nice weddings and things like that on canal boats. And, uh, and if you look at their kind of Instagram, it's like the incredible um, Instagram thing of all these different food meals and things that he's prepared. Uh, so clearly, he's someone that has learned from his experiences. That as we, as we grow, that no longer is he testing to see if something's hot by sticking his hand on it, I'm sure. Uh, but through his career, through his journey, he has learned by the decisions he's made, by his experiences as a, as a chef, obviously making food, by how things taste, how we can improve them. To a point now where he's got an incredible journey of learning and growing and becoming better in everything that he is doing. For us... Um, our decisions create our experiences, which are then going to influence our future decisions. Um, through David's journey, he made so many faith-filled choices. The choice to fight a bear to protect uh, one of his sheep, the, the choice to fight a lion to protect, to protect one of his sheep is a faith-filled choice. That Why would you give your life just to protect the, the things around you? But that was a faith-filled choice because he knew God was with him. That then led him on, led him on to, to fight in Goliath. That his choices and experiences, he knew God was standing with him. He knew that God was his protection. And in the, the, the life you can see through David's journey, you can see each choice he makes, he probably grew in faith a little bit more. He'd seen God turn up. He'd seen God stand with him. He'd seen God be his guide all through his life. And for us, our decisions hopefully can be based on a journey of faith. That there might be people here that you can look back on your life and you remember decisions. Actually, yeah, I remember when I put my trust in God then and how he came through, how he was with me in that situation. There might be people here that have been new to your relationship with God or your Christian faith and you feel like you've never, never, never really made a decision like that where I feel like I've fully trusted in God with that decision. But I encourage you that as you do that, as you step out in faith, as you say, God, I want to do what you're asking me to do. This doesn't seem like the normal, maybe normal response or the the human response. But I promise you, God will stand with you. Our decisions were made as a result of our faith in our relationship with God. As we draw closer to God, we seek what he is asking us to do, how he is asking us to live our life. For David, he had a whole army with him in the cave that are telling him, go on, kill him, this is your chance. Go on, this is what God wants you to do. But he knew he had a relationship with God and that wasn't God's plan for him. It might be for us that we've got people around us, our neighbours, it might be even family and friends that would do things or are saying to us, do things in a different way. But where does your truth come from? Does your truth come from your relationship with God, from God's word? Even in times of pain, Even more so then, we've got to stand on God's word, stand on his truth to see the way that he is asking us to live. 
The second question is this. In times of pain, how is my life different from others? In times of pain, how is my life different from others? Most of us maybe heard the phrase that hurt people hurt people. When you've been hurt yourself, when you're going through some pain, it's often in those times that we can, we can lash out at other people and we can hurt others. But when we're feeling that pain ourselves, when we're struggling ourselves in those hard times, it's when often we're unkind to others or we say hurtful things to others around us. It can often be in those times where we make the bad choices in life or it can be those times where we make the easy choices in life that maybe aren't the right ones either. But three, three key moments in, in David's life that we've talked about over these past three weeks, he stood out from the people around him. When he was anointed in the first place, Samuel came looking for, who am I going to anoint here? And looking at the outward appearance, you could see David wasn't the obvious choice. But when God looked at their hearts, David stood out because he was the one that was a man after God's heart. He stood out because of his character. He stood out because of who he was and the fact that he had that relationship with God. The second one, when it comes to Goliath, there's a, there's a whole army there that are asked every day, who's going to come and fight Goliath? Every single day they're asked that question. Any single one of them could have stood up and said, go on, I'll give it a go. But a whole army refused to step out and say, I'll, I'll fight Goliath. David was the only one that said, he wasn't even a warrior, he wasn't even there meant to be fighting, but he was the one that stood out and lived differently, saying, I know on God's strength that I can do this. In this moment, if someone else was in that cave and Saul came in to go to the toilet and had that opportunity, knowing that he was appointed to be next king, knowing that in his heart, someone else could have easily said, yeah, this is God's, God's delivered him to my hands so I can kill him, so I can be the next king. But David was different. David had a different heart. How is your life different from the people around you? Even in what David did, the fact that he cut Saul's robe, that that robe would have shown Saul's anointing and shown his kind of status as the king. And David, by doing that, cutting off a part of that robe, showing, he showed his men, he showed Saul, he showed everyone there at that time that he was actually going to be a different king. That it wasn't the, the, the way that, if, if it was the other way around, I'm sure Saul would have killed them without thinking he was trying to kill David himself. But he was responding in a different way. He was showing his life was different to the people there. Our, as a church, our vision statement is to be a light on a hill, transforming our communities one person at a time. If you are a part of this church and you, you kind of call this your home church, uh, then I really want to encourage you to think about how that uh, vision statement works for you in your life. That it's not just about what we do here when we come to, to church to gather on a Sunday, but that vision statement is for you in your workplace. It's been for you in your family. That as you go about your week, Monday to Saturday, every other day of the week, that you are called to be a light on a hill. You are called to bring change and to live differently in your communities. Whatever community that is, God is asking you to stand and to live a set apart in that way. How you speak to people around you when things aren't going your way, when someone's wronged you, when someone's done something against you, how you speak about that person, how you speak to that person. It might be in our relationships that whether we've had um, relationship breakdowns or we're, we're looking for a relationship that actually not in the wrong ways, but we're responding in the way that God wants us to live. We're living in purity. We're living how set apart as God wants us to. We're not giving ourselves away. We're not looking for that instant gratification. But we're knowing that God has called us to live in purity. 
and to have self-control in those moments as well. There are times where we can get angry, we could respond, we could say those words, we could, there's things that are going against us. Do we have that life of purity, of self-control in our world when things aren't going against us? Psalm 16 is, is a psalm written by David when he's going through a hard time. It could have been, he, he could have even written this psalm while he was sat in the cave. But we know this psalm is written by David as he's going through a hard time. And it says this, Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you I have no good thing. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom all is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out libertations of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines are fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I will keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest, assure, rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You have known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. David there, in, in a time of, of hurt and a time where he says, keep me safe, he's taking refuge in God. He's saying, I know I'm going to find my joy in God. He's not going to look to other places. He's not going to look for the, the easy or the wrong option out in this time of pain and hurt. But he's going to look to God in that. The last question I'm going to ask is, can you find the gain in your pain? Can you find the gain in your pain? We've heard the, the phrase, no pain, no gain. When uh, you, maybe you're trying to get fit or you're, you're on a kind of fitness regime, you're trying to um, get some bigger muscles or you're, you're trying to grow in some way that there's going to be a bit of pain there's going to be a bit of effort that's got to be put into that you know literally as you as you're exercising in this time that, that literally when you, you lift heavy weights it literally breaks your muscles for them to be repaired in a stronger way that no pain and no gain but in the pain that we're going through can we find the gain in that or are we just looking for it all to be over as quickly as possible for David, um, in his character, his character grew so much because of the choice that he made. This time when he's in this cave, he's presented with the choice, what is he going to do in this time? If he takes the, the, the easy way out the, and, and kills Saul, we don't know what that would have looked like for his, his time. If David would have been appointed the next king or what his reign would have looked like. But in that moment, the choice he made, and all through his life we've seen, the choices David makes cause him to grow. We see at the end of that passage when David comes out and says to Saul, look what I've done, I'm sorry for even cutting your robe. But Saul says to him, you, have, you are the bigger man basically, you have made a great choice. And it ends up with Saul begging David for his life and for the life of his descendants. So often we can... In our pain, because we're hurting so much, because we're going through these times, we just seek the, the easy answer that can often not be the right one. It might be in these, these times when we're hurting and we're down. We, it's easy to gossip about people. It's easy to, if someone's hurt us, it's easy to seek revenge and to get back at people. 
We might have things in our life that we go to, things like drink or things like that, that when we're feeling down, we think, I just need to go on and do that, go and have a drink or get drunk or all these different things that can just be the easy thing to mask over how we're feeling. But God, your Father, wants to bring you through these seasons having grown, having grown in faith, having grown in relationship with him, having grown in your character. So often there is purpose in the patience. There is purpose in the things that we go through. And so often we can look for those, those human answers to what are actually spiritual things in our life. The times when um, people are getting a foothold in our life and in our relationship with God is not where it should be. We, we come down and things like that and we look for the human things that, are, that we think are going to solve that problem. But ultimately they're only going to cover it up. David was anointed because he was a man after God's own heart. The band want to come back up now. And time and time again, we saw that, didn't we? It wasn't just a statement that's said about David, but actually that we see in these stories after, it's lived out. We see the truth of that. We see the evidence that he was a man after God's own heart. A man being willing to fight a giant, to fight Goliath. A man that's, when he's got the ultimate choice for his future, that looks like his his chance to be king is resting on this decision. He makes an incredible decision, knowing that I'm not going to be king based on my human strength. I'm not going to become king because of the, the fact that I can kill the current king. But actually, his king, uh, his time as king was actually dependent on God's strength and him putting his trust, putting his faith in God. Church, if you'd like to stand... I want to give you the opportunity to be, be prayed for this morning. I believe there's people in here that might be going through incredible times of pain. I don't want to belittle that or kind of just cover up and say, oh yeah, everything's, everything's going to be fine. But I'd hate for us to be people here that as we're going through these times, we make choices that are going to um, step away from God's will and God's call on our life. It might be things with your finances, with your health, with work, with family, that in these times it can be so hard to keep a good heart, so much harder to make those right faith-filled choices. So as we go into a time of, uh, of worship now, I want you to give the opportunity to come forward and be prayed for. Um, if that's you saying, I know I'm in this season right now, I know this is so hard, but I want to be someone that says, God, I want to stay close to you. I want to make a faith-filled choices in my life. I want to grow in this season, drawing closer to you, growing in my faith, as David did time and time again, made a choice to be af- a man after God's own heart. And God used him, God grew him and stuck with him through all these times. I promise you, you will find the gain in your pain. That whatever you're facing, God is with you. God wants to walk you through that. There's some of you, I, believe, I feel, this morning came looking for an answer. That You might have come to church this morning and yeah. You find yourself in a place, you're thinking, I don't know what the answer is to my pain. I don't know why I'm in this situation. Um, and I believe that, <clears throat> that God wants to tell you this morning that, that as Jesus was crucified on the cross, that he went through the incredible torture, he went through the incredible beating in, to die in the most horrible, horrible way, that he is a, he's a saviour that knows your pain. That he is not a, a far-fetched God, he is not someone that is distant from your pain, But he is a God that has experienced it, that has walked through it, to walk through it with you.
And just as, as we go into a time of worship now, that if you need to be prayed for this morning, if you're facing that situation and said, actually, I want to I stay close to God. I want my, my story to be a journey that as I walk through this situation, I found faith. I grew in my faith. I grew in my relationship with him. If that's you this morning, I'd encourage you to come forward for prayer as we continue to worship. Thank you.